welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, a stress reduction coach who's all about helping you significantly reduce your stress so you can actually enjoy your daily life. Now, today on the podcast, we are joined by a friend of mine, Brittany Pickett. Now, Brittany is the co-founder of Glasscliff Divas, a digital marketing agency who really have a social purpose attached to the work that they do. I met Brittany through the ATBX Small Business Accelerator Program, which uh, we both had an absolutely incredible experience in it. She was in the cohort before me, but she was one of the mentors in my program. Brittany inspired me both as a mentor, but she's also... Super fascinating as an individual. I mean, aren't we all? But Brittany talks to me in this conversation about blended families and the kind of background that she came from. We talk about starting her business, starting Glasscliff Divas with her best friend, what it's like to work with your best friend, treating your employees like actual human beings. Shock horror. How does that actually happen? And then we get into a real honest conversation about postpartum depression. And we get into a real honest conversation about self-forgiveness and what that means for women and how traditional workplaces are not set up for working parents, not just working women, but working parents. All in all, we talk about how you can really be empowered and and learn from from these challenges that you go through. Brittany is so incredibly inspiring to me as an individual. I know she's going to inspire you. Now, word to the wise, there are some swear words in this episode. I've marked it as explicit, but if you are listening uh, with little ears around, I would maybe uh, plug in your headphones or save this when you are not around children. That said, it's such an important conversation, and I know you're going to get a lot from it, especially if you've been through any mental health challenges, postpartum depression. Uh, We are your people. (laughs) That's pretty much all I can say about that for now. Um, Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is powered by ATB. So given that Brittany and I both met through the ATBX program, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to ATBX. So ATBX Digital is actually launching in 2020. These it's it's a different format for the program. It's again completely free and it's designed to help you learn in a way that fits into your busy schedule. So if it's a really great way to build your skills and the tools that you need to be ready to enter into a growth stage for your business. So if you want more information on that and how to apply, you can go to atb.com forward slash ATBX. So this is a slightly different uh, format than how I did it when I went through the program. But honestly, I think you're going to get huge value from from their speakers, from you get out of it what you put into it. So I really hope any small businesses in the growth stage really consider applying for it. It's such a great program. Now for a little bit of levity, because I know it's a this is a really interesting conversation that Brittany and I have, but it can get a bit heavy at times. I want to head. I want to encourage you to head on over to the Repodcasting podcast, which is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. This is where they look at very popular movies and they kind of recast who would be the leads in it. Uh, Their recent ones include Little Italy. I don't know if you remember that movie with Hayden Christensen. I never actually saw it because the trailer looked so bad, but I wonder, I'm very curious if they could recast it in a more appealing way. They also have Silver Linings Playbook, who they would recast in that movie, uh, Point Break, 
And what was the other one recently? Oh, Wolf of Wall Street. So I think it would be a really interesting podcast for you to check out. I haven't met both of the uh, of the interviews. I, I've met uh, Lucia, who's absolutely fabulous and was uh, a nominee for the Best of Calgary uh, Podcast Awards with me. So I highly recommend that you check it out. On that note, uh, really quickly, if you love the Girl Tries Life podcast, if you really enjoy it, I would love if you would pause it right right now and go to bestofcalgary.com and nominate us for a Best of Calgary Award for 2020 in the podcast category. Now, you don't actually have to be in Calgary to nominate the podcast, which is pretty cool. I would highly recommend that you go there. It would mean the world to me. I was runner-up last year. I'm gunning for at least runner-up again. And you go to the Cityscape and People tab. There's so many different categories. If you are a Calgarian, make sure that you uh, nominate all the folks that you think are fabulous in this city in all the different categories that you feel attracted to. But I am in the Cityscape and People and you go under Best Podcast and you just type in Girl Tries Life and that helps nominate me. So huge thank you in advance, bestofcalgary.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for today. Okay, so without further ado, let's head into the interview with Brittany Pickett. Okay. Thank you so much, Brittany, for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Well, we're here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. It's going to be a good one. So you and I, as I probably mentioned in the intro, met each other at ATBX. You were my excerpt in residence, giving all your glorious knowledge of marketing and, and life and entrepreneurship. How did you find that experience when you went through it, actually? Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I think it was an absolute game changer for us as a business. When I started this business, uh, Kate really wanted me to handle the relationships and the sales. And I was coming this from five and a half years experience as a stay-at-home mom. (laughs) So I had a very limited community and uh, had only been back to work for a couple years. And I don't know, I I was really nervous about it and how I was going to make connections and meet the right people. And, And so when I saw the the ad for ATBX, I immediately applied. Unfortunately, that group had already been selected. And so the person who was running it said, hey, we'll reach out back to you when it comes around again. And I think that was the absolute best thing that could happen to us because we had the chance to get our feet wet and figure out what ATBX would do for us. Yeah. So that by the time we got there, we were way more equipped to take full advantage of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out really well. It, it, we met incredible people. We connected with uh, other entrepreneurs that actually really get it. Yeah. Uh, we had so many wonderful mentors. I mean, as you know, have having been in the program, like the mentorship is awesome and yeah, it's really shaped who we are. And uh, that's where Bossy was born too. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, well, okay. Well, let's talk about what your business is, what you do. Glasscliff Divas. Yeah. Give me the spiel. Yeah. So Glasscliff <laughs> Divas, we're a digital marketing agency. Um, my business partner and I run it also digitally. So my partner is in Ontario and I operate here from Calgary. Uh, so that's an interesting twist to most business models. And yeah, we do everything from website, social media, content, and it's it's just been an absolute blast. I mean, we started it knowing, I mean, a name like Glasscliff Divas, you know it's there's going to be something to it that means much more and has a, a deep purpose. And uh, it took us some time to figure out what that was really going to be. But um, yeah, so do tell- you know much about the Glasscliff phenomenon? 
Uh, well, as in there's Glass Cliff. I've heard Glass yeah. Ceiling more. Yeah. And I yeah. think you've told me. Tell us about the name. Yeah. So the Glass Cliff. So above the Glass Ceiling is the Glass Cliff. Oh, okay. So the Glass yeah. Cliff is referring to that in times of struggle, women are more likely to be given leadership roles than their male counterparts. <laughs> Meaning that someone will see a sinking ship and they'll appoint a woman rather than a man mm-hmm. because it as like a scapegoat essentially. And, and that's really infuriating. <laughs> I'm just thinking on all these past jobs where I've seen women hired at times of struggle. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it's, you know, oh, man, it's really infuriating. So when, mm-hmm. as we started learning about this, um, but what we also found with the glass cliff phenomenon is that the female counterparts are more likely to turn it around when they are given these leadership roles. Mm -hmm. So that was really fascinating to us. And we just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a wink to that and say, you know, we're we're not just leaders in times of duress. We're here and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So how did this business come to be? Especially like you, your best friends. Mm -hmm. So you used to live in Ontario. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I've been in Calgary for eight and a half years now. And she was working for an agency that wasn't paying her. What? Oh yeah, like for months and months. It's it's still an ordeal. Like, can you believe? I know, it's so infuriating. So she was not getting paid, and she was constantly calling me so stressed. Illegal. I don't know what to do because <laughs> if I don't do the work, then I can't get the invoice. By December seven, definitely 7th? not getting paid. I'm not going to get this money back. So she felt kind of trapped in this place of if I if I stop doing the things then I'm never going to be able to recoup those mm-hmm. funds. But how long do you kind of go before yeah. you decide, I got to cut my losses. Like this isn't going to turn around. Mm-hmm. So it was, I can't remember. One evening she had called me she was freaking out. And I essentially sales pitched her, her own business and was like, you need to do this. You are brilliant. You do everything from top to bottom. You, you don't deserve this. Go yeah. and do it for yourself. And she thought about it. Yeah. And then she called me back and said, I'm going to do it, but I need you to do it with me. Yeah. And so my, my plan, I was working at a brewery in Calgary and I, I thought to myself, two years, I can juggle both. I'll do it part time and it, it'll be, you know, fun and more rewarding. I was kind of not yeah. challenged enough at work. And uh, it, I think it was four months before I jumped <laughs> ship and we were doing it both full time. That's amazing. And so you look for clients in Calgary and in Toronto. She's in Toronto? She's in Muskoka. Muskoka. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's lovely. And like anywhere in between or Mm -hmm. like those are your two hubs basically? Yeah. Yeah. No, we go anywhere in between. We even have a client in Nunavut right now, which is really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you look for something specific in a client? Yeah, I mean, our model is very relationship based. We, even though we are all over the place, typically our clients are in Calgary or Muskoka because mm-hmm. it's someone that we've uh, built a relationship with or that has been referred to from someone that um, has been given our information. And I feel like that has really dictated the type of clients that we work with. And we just sense a lot of alignment straight off of the hop. Um, they are driven, they are super inspiring to listen to when they're talking about their business. And that's what gets me excited about helping them because yeah. they have this dream and this vision. And And when the wheels start turning for me, I know that I, I can't help but jump in and, and help. So 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And you have a very, like, I remember one of our first conversations together, uh, you were talking about the social purpose and the social good that like anybody can do. Cause yeah. I think we were talking, it was at the like ATB get to know you mixer or that kind of thing. And someone was talking about Fiverr or 99 designs or all that kind of stuff. And you were like, as much as you can do local, like understanding that like different budgets are going to mean different things at different time, but where you can support a local entrepreneur. Is that something that was important to you because you were an entrepreneur or something that came before? It was definitely something that came before. We knew uh, straight away that we've always tried our best to live as ethically as we can in one small change at a time. I, I'm not vegan. I, I'm not zero waste, but yeah. I, I do my best every day that I can. Yeah. And having four kids, zero waste is very <laughs> challenging to ask. Um, everything's wrapped in plastic. Everything is wrapped in plastic. It's insane. Um, but it's, it's really important to us to show people that you don't have to change the world in order to make a difference. So we don't, we work with a lot of social enterprises and nonprofits, but we also work with a lot of everyday entrepreneurs that, uh, during strategy, they say, I I don't know how to make a difference. I don't think I can. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I fit into this. I don't have any ideas. And as we're working through and asking the right questions, all of a sudden you can see it start to click in and, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And what if I just made this one change Mm -hmm. that could make a huge difference. And so being business to business, that's where we felt we started to fit in Mm -hmm. is just showing great business owners that are doing their best in every capacity that one small change is certainly worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And it makes me think of like, one of the entrepreneurs I've had on this podcast, uh, her name's Samantha Kimura. She's a mama coach. Hmm. And like, th- that's part of everything that they do as well, right? Like it's a network of mama coaches, but she takes on these challenges every year to like have people donate like peanut butter, I think was the nut butter for the food bank is one of those like really hearty things. And like, yeah. just connect like for, it had no pure tie to her business beyond helping people in need but she Mm -hmm. ties it into everything that she does in giving back and so I think that's really important like the way that you ladies are doing this as well I think is incredible yeah it's it's really fun and and so when we do a marketing strategy there's always a social good component yeah and we break down those ideas for them and then when they see it, oftentimes they'll be really excited about it. And and it may not be something you can't do all of them all at the same time. You can't do them straight away. Maybe it's something to work towards, but Mm -hmm. it's just putting those seeds in people's minds and saying, Hey, why don't we spend a little more time thinking about the ways we can make a difference? Yeah. (sighs) And it's so important. I think like you're saying, it it can feel overwhelming, like feels like you have to change the world, but you just have to do what you can do with what you these skills and abilities that you've got, right? Absolutely. And yeah. just thinking about your the ripple effect of your business, mm-hmm. who are you touching and and how ethical is that? And you, you know where you're getting your products from, where who are you employing? And yeah. just asking yourself these questions and making sure that it aligns with who you are too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are a team of how you ladies are a team of how many? So there's Kate and I, and then we have uh, three team members that yeah. work with us consistently, as well as uh, a couple of contractors that help based on the project, whether yeah. it's video editing or photography or things like that. So when you talk about um, ethics in terms of who you hire, how does how has that played into your hiring decisions? Yeah, so our hiring decisions is, again, 
incredibly relationship based and we we pay enough for them to live yeah and that's really important to us yeah. <laughs> and I think it should be important to more people but yes you <laughs> but would it think. is certainly important to us and it, it's we work with them within their means and how many hours they can work we have employees yeah. that it, it shifts depending on uh, what other activities or things that they have going on in their life. One of our teammates is also a dentist that goes and does work in Somalia. Oh, wow. And so we are obviously uh, very conscious of her other schedule and we make space for it and we make time for it and it's really important to her. So therefore it's really important to us. Yeah. We have another employee who just moved to Italy and she's doing her master's in creative advertising. Yeah. And so same thing. What do you need to live We'll commit to you those hours and make sure that we can support you. Please keep in touch with us, whether it's getting to be too much work. If you're feeling overwhelmed, we can pull back. Um, we'll continue to make sure that you are reaching your income threshold that you need. Yeah. And we will work it out. We'll work with you however you need to. Like it's treating people like human beings, right? Well, yeah. yeah. That, honestly, when you really think about it, it's yeah. just you're human. You have bills to pay. You yeah. have a life. How do we work together in a way that you love coming here? Yeah. We have one employee right now that we're like trying to coax her to take her vacation time because she will not. Yeah. Do, she's like, I love coming to work. I don't, I don't want to go sit at home and be bored. I'd rather be here. Yeah. And, and that is Oh my gosh, just the best yeah. feeling. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's you and I, 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 this is kind of pulling on a Facebook post, uh, Instagram post that you put up a while ago. You and I have both um, suffered from depression and mm -hmm. postpartum. Did you have depression before you had mm -hmm. postpartum as well? Yeah. How did you find that tied into working a traditional job? Because it's a motherfucking challenge. <laughs> like, <laughs> excuse the language, I'll it's mark it so explicit. <laughs> it's so it's brutal. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to keep a regular job and not absolutely fall apart with these expectations. And, and just that fear that, oh my gosh, I cannot take a mental health day because what if I need a sick day for my mm -hmm. kids? What if I need this? What if, what if I run it? Oh shoot. I only have three left because my daughter had the flu last week mm -hmm. and it's only July, you know, it, it adds, it compounds stress. Like it yeah. adds up and, and that takes a huge hit on your mental health. Yeah. And what happens is, is that now you're getting less quality work from people. Uh, they're feeling less driven. They're less creative. They're less innovative. They're not showing up for you in ways that they would if they felt fulfilled. Yeah. And that is the most frustrating part for me because I, there's not a single fucking employment place that I didn't give it everything that I had, mm -hmm. that I didn't pour my heart and soul into it. And because I was fearful about losing my job or how many days off I would get or whether or not I was going to be allowed to go to Christmas, you know, like mm -hmm. you, that takes a mental toll on you and, and the business pays the price too. Yeah. And that's what I think that they're not seeing because when we show up for our teammates, when we show up for them and care about their mental health and give a shit about whether or not they're having a hard time, they care in return. They show up for us too. I just had somebody, I said, Hey, listen, I'm swamped. I'm drowning here. I need your help. And it was, yeah, absolutely not a problem. I got you because when they're having a shit day and they say, I know we had a deadline, but I'm really struggling. Mm -hmm. There's not an inch of me that worries about that stupid deadline. Cause it's not as important as a human being's mental health and who they are as a person. Yeah. That, that deadline, I call the client, we talk about it. Oh, 
I didn't even know it was due tomorrow. Like it's, it's an arbitrary yeah. line, you know, that we make to keep things accountable and, yeah. and, you know, to, to hit deadlines, but we're working with human beings. Yeah. And to me, that's never going to be more important than a social media post. And the people that work with us, they know that too, because yeah. they care about their employees and they're human beings too. And they have families and they put us on hold and we get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it works both ways. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I also feel, I don't know if you experienced this, but that traditional jobs are not set up, not just for working mothers, but for working families. Oh my gosh. It's so, when I think back to my last job mm-hmm. and the sacrifices I made for my family, from my fa- that I took from yeah. my family, it's mind blowing how many people are in the position that they're forced to do that for years and years and years. Um, I'll never forget, uh, my oldest daughter's first day of kindergarten. I couldn't be there and I had to be at work and it was a call center. So phones are on, you're there too mm-hmm. bad. That's the time. And all of the directors came in a couple hours later and they're showing pictures of their kids at the door and, uh, from drop off and, oh man, it makes me sad still. I literally was crying at my desk and I saw, I thought to my, I'm never I am never doing this again. Yeah. I am never sacrificing that moment with my family over a beer order. There's yeah. nothing more important than being there in that moment. And I haven't missed one since. And I will, I will fucking not yeah. for any of them. You know, like, of course, life happens. Things happen. Mm-hmm. But there was no reason for that. You know, there were other employees that don't have kids and there were other employees that, you know, uh, it could have been juggled around. Yeah. And so for Kate and I, that's a really big priority for us. Yeah. Um, treating them kids as well. She does. She has one girl. Um, we actually are two of our kids are 60 hours apart. Holy. (laughs) (laughs) You're like timing it from across the country. (laughs) There was, it it was total fluke and we're like only best friends could pull this off. There's no way like our, we had two incredibly different scenarios going on when we got pregnant and, um, my ex-husband and I had been trying for about a year. Yeah. And so it was pure fluke. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, you're so right. And I've worked at places where it's, they've talked a great talk about Mm -hmm. culture and work-life balance and all of that. But I still think like part of, for me, that was a huge, um, okay first off I did get laid off but there was also a big like spur to like really make entrepreneurship the next phase of my life because like my husband doesn't have a flexible job and he works shifts all over the place and Mm -hmm. I was like it is so important for me to be there with my kids Mm -hmm. when they need me and like quite frankly when they get sick I want to be the one taking care of them I know my husband could do it but I I like snuggling with them and making them feel better and like being available for that and a traditional job would say well like why aren't you guys trading off 50 50 or whatever like it is Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. yeah like Monday is remembrance day so Mm -hmm. schools are closed on Monday and they're just going to stay home with me. I have a couple meetings. I'm going to prioritize. I just move my schedule in a way that yeah. I can do both at the same time. Yeah. I can do some writing. I can do some invoicing. I can do uh, all sorts of different things in my business without it uh, Showing up in an office. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't have to be physically somewhere to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking about um, 
physical distance and all that kind of stuff. Like you said, Kate's in Ontario, you're here. What um, challenges has that caused and how have you overcome them? Yeah, I mean, the I'd say the biggest challenge that we face is that technically we get two extra operating hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's great. But we went through a really, really rough period where I was getting up at the crack of dawn to show up because I knew Kate was working. And then she was staying super late because she knew I was working. Ugh. And so now <laughs> we're working these insane hours just because we're trying to show up and for each other almost yeah. like guilting ourselves over yeah. the fact that well if she's working I should be working and and we had to put a stop to that because mm-hmm. it was getting really outrageous um but yeah I'd say that that was the biggest challenge mm-hmm. and just communicating and setting boundaries and saying hey I know it's only four o'clock for you but it's six o'clock for me and I'm gonna go have dinner <laughs> you yeah. know or uh, Brittany's not here right now because technically it's only 6 a.m. for her. Yeah. And that's okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so setting those boundaries and communicating that and um, valuing the time that we do put into the business yeah. more has made it easier to stop trying to spread ourselves so thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Because it's, I I don't co-own my business with someone else, but I, ha- I co-own uh, programs with other people. Mm-hmm. And one of, uh, like our, like our signature program, Stressless in 90 Days. I co-own that with a fellow coach out in Victoria, BC. And like it. it's and we we met online. Like we met online through our coaching institute. We have calls every week because we were each other's sort of like co um we were each other's practice clients essentially yeah. in training. And we started this program before we had ever physically met together. And it was only last August that we like, <laughs> I went out to Victoria. I'm going out to Victoria in a couple of weeks actually. Um, and we met in person and she met my baby and all that. Like it was, um, yeah, it was really cool. That's and amazing. it works really well for us. Yeah. Um, I think people think it's not, I, I think people also, there's, maybe less so women, but like that you can't be friends and do jobs. Mm. Like I think people think that there can be a real um, challenge there. I don't know why. Well, (laughs) you know, the thing is, I think the issue becomes uh, it can be a little more challenging for some people as Mm -hmm. friends to be honest with them if, you know, you're not happy with their work or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that dynamic can be a bit challenging for others. Mm -hmm. Uh, then there's also the risk factor. Yeah. You know, if things go sideways and things don't work out, you're not just putting your business on the line. You're putting a really important friendship on the line too. And so again, it comes down to boundaries, communication, and absolute and unrelenting trust. Yeah. I trust Kate indefinitely. She Mm -hmm. is my partner as much as my partner is my partner. Yeah. And, and all of our partners, her husband, my partner, they all know that. They yeah. know that this is a very integral piece of our collective relationship and that it is valuable. Yeah. And we spend time on that and building that and making sure that those lines of communication are open. And And it is not a decision that we made lightly. Yeah. We made the commitment in advance that, you know, if I suck at something or I fuck something up, like you need yeah. to call me on it. And, and we need to have these hard conversations early and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and not feel bad about hurting each other's feelings yeah. and knowing that at the end of the day, you are still my absolute best friend. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I have so much respect for her. I have, she's so talented and so brilliant and yeah. she 
honestly has no idea, which is crazy to me. And I just, I respect her as a woman, as a mother, as, as a business owner Mm -hmm. and as a leader for our team. And, and so no matter what challenges we face, that respect, that deep rooted trust and respect is always going to hold us down no matter what shit storm we face. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think that's incredible. She's amazing. And like you have this whole other level to your friendship now, right? Where you can share the things that you loved, like the work that you love to do together, right? Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Tell me about Bossy Women. Mm, Yeah. Bossy Women. So that's what I was saying was born in ATBX. Uh, We knew that we wanted to create something community-based, but we didn't know what that was going to look like right away. Yeah. And so rather than forcing something and trying to push something into a certain direction, we opted to just run really lean. We had a really lean business model. Everyone kept trying to tell us to niche down, but we just weren't ready yet. Yeah. Uh, we knew that our social good platform would uh, change over time. We wanted to make sure we had the right tools and resources yeah. and information before we started hammering coffins. So, you know, a bossy was an idea that came from spending time with Hannah Cree, who is a hugely important mentor to me. Former Uh, podcast guest. We will link to her episode. Yeah, she is brilliant. She's amazing. When I saw that she was one of the mentors for ATBX, I was, oh my God, if I don't get into this, I'm going to cry. Like I can't, I need to meet this woman. I need to know who she is. I need to know how she does what she does. Uh, Common good linens that she has with her husband is phenomenal and brilliant and life-changing and more businesses need to look like that and I was talking to her about how do we shape this what like what, what does good look like and the thing that kept coming up over and over again is the need for community and how ATBX was addressing that and helping entrepreneurs build community and I started thinking what if there was more community supporting people that just give a shit and want to do something a little bit better than someone did it before mm-hmm. and that's where Bossy came from. So Bossy stands for business owners supporting social impact. And it's primary, primarily focused on women, mm-hmm. uh, just because we feel like we have unique challenges as business owners and as leaders. And we wanted to make a safe space to talk about failures and when things don't go the way that we wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't start talking about those, then we're going to be repeating the same cycles over and over again and not getting better with how we are doing good because there's so many businesses out there that have have made these efforts to do something awesome but in their wake have created a new problem (laughs) and it's not their fault you know maybe it came from a sincere place maybe they thought that they were um you know it was good a good publicity stunt whatever it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. they they did something good and let's focus on that but what were the implications that kind of came after and how do we start addressing those and how do we start to become more conscious of that wake before we take those steps forward so that was something that bossy was deeply rooted in for me is that we need to have these hard conversations and say hey I fucked this up I thought I was doing something really good kind of blew up in my face who's been here who's done this how can I work through this or connecting people that hey I'm trying to go paperless I don't even know where to start yeah 
Well, now uh, Brianna from Plastic Free YYC is part of the group. She's also a phenomenal woman. uh, And, you know, she's such a great resource. She's always posting about events. She's sharing her wisdom in uh, zero waste and helping encourage business owners to make small changes. Yeah. So can anyone join this? Sorry, anyone can join this. Yeah. Okay, we'll link mm-hmm. to it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So are there any other like standout stories? Yeah, well, there was one thing that I did want to say, uh, speaking of anyone can join this, a lot of the um, people in it aren't necessarily business owners. They are looking to make changes from within an organization. Mm-hmm. And where do you start with that? Well, who am I? I'm, I'm an admin assistant. I'm, I'm not even a director. Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And so it's just about starting those conversations and start uh, integrating it into a culture in small ways. And so absolutely, even if you're not a business owner, if you're just looking for ideas or a network of people that see that businesses can do better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I want to talk, so shifting gears a little bit, because we've talked a lot about um, business. I, you and I have both experienced postpartum depression, and I think it was really rough for both of us, and I remember reading that Instagram post that I kind of alluded to before, Mm -hmm. and it so tugged at my heart and put me in that exact place that I had been. Mm -hmm. Did you experience it with both of your children? My second. Second, Mm -hmm. yeah. What was that experience like for you? And like, did you tell people at the time? No, honestly, I, I don't think I recognized it until it was done until I was looking back at it and was like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) You know, what happened to me? Um, and I think not having it with one and then having it with another, there was a lot of shame for me with that. Like, why is this time so different? Why am I not as happy as I was like, yeah. where's that euphoria that I felt that, yeah. that first time and, and what's wrong with me, Yeah, you know? And, and obviously you're super busy when you have two young kids and, and my marriage was not good. It was really rough and my, I was suffering with mental health and I had no one to talk to. I don't have family here. Yeah. I had no community. All of my friends were his friends and I was a stay at home. I had I felt like I had no one and nothing and it was, it was really terrifying because you have this small human being that needs you to show up for them. You don't get to just say, not today, (laughs) you know, eat tomorrow. But there's an element of like putting in the movements and not the heart, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can keep that kid alive, but do you feel at all okay on the inside? No, no, no. Like you're not you're not even present for it. You're yeah. not showing up for them. Uh, I was angry all the time. I, the story I, that that Facebook or Instagram post that you're referring to, I did share a story and that was the first time I'd ever shared that story um, where my ex-husband was trying to hand me the baby because she was screaming and wanting to nurse and I, I couldn't do it. I was like, I cannot have her touching me. If I have one more person touching me, like I will scream. Yeah. I can't do it. And my skin was crawling and I, it, I was so angry. And that was, that was a really, really awful day. Yeah. That was a really awful day. Um, and it's, it's scary as a mom to say, I'm not doing a good job right now. You know, it's, it's really hard to say I'm failing them. Yeah. And 
I don't, I don't remember when it stopped or what made it change. I made a lot of changes in my life. Yeah. Um, after that, my marriage was ending. I was going back to work. Um, I was trying to spend more time with friends and getting out of the house cause I was so unhappy yeah. at home and getting some distance. I started pumping so that she could bottle feed, but it wasn't. It just was like a, a steamroller, you know, Every, so many things happened in that time period. I, I don't feel like I have a clear understanding even still of, of where that really ended for me. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of age was she when that, and roughly? Um, so when that happened, she was probably about, it was, it was cold. I remember it was like winter time. <laughs> She's probably four to six months, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. And sleep train. She was awful at sleep training too. So there's sleep deprivation in there yeah. as well. You're not eating right. Like there's so many factors that you're go isolated. Into that. You're I'm so, so isolated. isolated. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I, there'd be weeks where I wouldn't leave the house Yeah. because I had nowhere to go. I had no, especially in winter. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I made a lot of changes that summer too. Uh, getting out more and taking long walks like I'd pack up lunch and go do like 10k with the kids and eat outside and then come back and do nap just to get out of the house and break up the day and then I going back to work was a really good move for me I I did feel a lot of fulfillment showing up somewhere and offering new ideas and insights it was essentially a brand new department so I got that's where I got to do a lot of the process development and um, manual creation that I now get to implement uh, for our business and other businesses as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think it taught you anything? Oh, it had to have, (laughs) you know, you can't, you can't come out of that not changed. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life that I've been like, yeah, I've done that. I'm, I'm strong. I I can, I can take it. I can hack it. Uh, And I think that was definitely a moment for me. And now it's the process of learning to forgive myself, Yeah, you know, and that that's not easy to do. Uh, There's so many expectations for moms. Uh, We have a blended family. So, you know, there's a lot of additional judgment that uh, mothers get. And then as a blended family mother of that, and, you know, it's more complicated just on a regular day-to-day life, right? And... I think learning to forgive myself and, and my shortcomings and just showing up and being present enough is is the most important step and yeah. the thing that I learned the most from from going through that and failing really fucking bad. Go, you think you failed? Totally, totally. I still struggle with that. I'm forgiving myself for it, but it did feel like a failure. I should have asked for help. I should have gone and saw somebody. I should... I should have seen the warning signs as someone that has depression that, you know, I it's was a totally different bag though. Oh, man, it like is. I remember really my is. postpartum, I don't think I recognized at first either. Cause I'm like, this doesn't feel the same. It feels mm-hmm. like, so I had it with my first child mm-hmm. and I felt like I had just made a mistake. Like yeah. I was like, I wasn't supposed to be a mom. Yeah. This often happens on this podcast. (laughs) Um, And so, but I don't think, 
I think with hindsight, though, I see like that wasn't me. That was the postpartum. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if there's one thing I could say to you today. I would say you weren't a failure. Thanks. You weren't a failure. Your brain and your body chemistry was fucking with you. <laughs> like you weren't a failure. You showed up as best you could with what you had. I don't want you to think you're a failure. Thanks. That that definitely means a lot to hear because it's it's funny that it's so easy to be compassionate to someone else and then when it's you you forget that you're you're a human being and I do I do feel like I failed and I think if this was flipped around I would be saying exactly what you're saying why do we do that why do we do that to ourselves I don't know I mean I so I don't know if I would be saying what I'm saying I refuse to think I'm a failure for it but I had the benefit of once I did reach my rock bottom going to a nonprofit in the in the city called Families Matter mm. and like they are incredible and that counseling made a huge difference. Yeah. So without that, I don't know that I would be sitting here saying I'm not I'm not a failure for mm. that. But I know you're not cuz it's your it literally is hormones and brain chemistry and all of that. It's not you. Yeah. Because you know what you're like when you've got sleep, when you're well fed, when you're like... When things are okay. Yeah, when your body's not fucked up. Like... Yeah. You show up for your kids, you show up for other people, you're not a failure. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I'm taking a breather because we've just been having a really intense but very meaningful conversation about postpartum depression and I hope that you can hear in both Brittany and I's voices how postpartum can hit you like a ton of bricks and how it feels so personal and like it's your fault and it's just truly your brain and your body messing with you. The thing that shocked me is how many women this happens to. It's at, at the very least one in five but they think it's far more common than that. Now I really want to take a moment to give a shout out to the charity that made a huge difference to me in my journey. I mentioned it in the episode, Families Matter. So Families Matter, they do a ton of different things, but they provide family mental health uh, services, including postpartum depression counseling. Now, this was an organization that I was able to call when I was at my rock bottom. And I can't begin to say how they were there for me. The the benefit that I got from going through this uh, experience with a counselor, they came to my house. Like it was just phenomenal. They also support families um, as your child grows from infant to toddler to preschool to, um, you know, challenging toddlers and how to help your kids through the school programs and um, all sorts of things. This is an organization that is there for you and your family, that will help you as a parent, that will help your child through every stage and set you up for success as a parent. And again, I appreciated the support that they gave me so much. I have personally donated to them. But what I would like for my very kind and very generous listeners is if you would head on over to familiesmatter.ca and donate to them. And here's what I'm going to do for you. If you donate to them, I don't care how much it is. If you donate $5, if you donate $100, if you donate $25, 
send me a proof of donation either and I will give you an hour of stress reduction coaching. So I will give you an hour of my time and help you create some tangible uh, steps and actions around reducing your stress if you donate to Families Matter. Now, I need you to donate by December 7th. Send me a proof of your donation so you can uh, send me a picture on Instagram. You can tag me at Stressless Ladies or you can DM me at Stressless Ladies or you can email me victoria at stresslessladies.com your proof of donation and then we will set up an hour-long phone call. So that's my way of giving back. Uh, We are in a time where our charities need our help more than ever and this is one that I guarantee you gives back to this community tenfold what they receive. So familiesmatter.ca any amount, make a donation, send me that proof of receipt, uh, proof of donation, and I will get in touch with you and we will set up an hour of coaching. So thank you so much. Back to the episode with Brittany. Oh, it's a hard topic, huh? Man. And like one in five women go through this and we don't talk about it. I don't, I don't understand why Western culture, if you look at other cultures too, the support that women get uh, postpartum, it's, it's almost like ritualistic, uh, bringing a baby into the world. And for some reason, Western culture has turned it into just a, a bounce back type thing. Like, oh, wow, you look great. Well, I feel like shit. Yeah. And why aren't people showing up in the same way? You know, we, we get so busy and we get overrun. And I think that that has a lot to do with that shame component yeah. because it's, we isolate ourselves because culture says this is what's normal and what you should yeah. be able to do. And, and then that isolation turns into a very, very steep slope yeah. for mental wellness to just take a huge decline. And I think we're all susceptible to that because of that isolation component, because we're made to feel like the baby just fucking got here and I've already screwed it all up because, you know, I'm, I don't feel good. I don't fit into my clothes already. Um, I'm not back to my normal self. Um, I haven't figured out nursing yet. Like, and you're doing this all alone and feeling like every piece of you is broken, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's wrong. It's yeah. wrong. You know, women should recover however makes the most sense to them and they should take as much time as they need and they should be supported and, and loved yeah. and, and cared for because what you just fucking did was amazing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you brought a human into the world yeah. and, and we walk away after, you know, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where maybe I push this on people now, but every time I like, there's a new mom in my life, I always like send them a quick message being like, Hey, FYI, I know we don't hang out a lot, but if you ever experience any of these things, please come to me. Like I've experienced it too. You're not alone. If you feel like you need to talk to someone, mm-hmm. cause I, it's, it is hard to know what it is going to, and it's different for everyone. Right. Like I think they're looking at renaming it postpartum, mood disorder 
because mm. people are like, well, I don't feel depressed, yeah. but you, but I feel anxious, mm-hmm. right? Like a part of that was a big thing for me. Like Huge. I did not want to drive anywhere oh. with my son. And <laughs> when I first got in contact with Families, Ma- Families Matter, they're all the way up Deerfoot. And I was like, I, I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. And they sent someone to my house. Oh they sent my it. gosh. They do that for a lot of people. They, they'll send counselors to your home. Because um, I was like, I can't. I'm too worried I'm going to crash the car. I'm too worried about like, yeah. And it was incredible. Wow. And like, I swear to God, those first four sessions, like I think I just cried pretty much the whole time, but she held my baby and I got to like, just be with myself for a minute. Yeah. And like, and these are all women that have been through it. Mm -hmm. Like most of the count, I'm pretty sure most of the counselors have all been through it. Like it's. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. (sighs) well anyone who's listening if you're going through it you know someone going through it send them our way we'll hold their babies so that they can cry yeah (laughs) reach out yeah you mentioned that you're in a blended family situation Mm -hmm. so for sort of context for people obviously not names but um how many biological kids do you have how many stepkids do you have ages yeah so I have two girls eight and four and he has a 11 year old daughter and a three-year-old son yeah so they're so kind of three sandwiched. four yeah. eight and eleven yeah holy shit yeah <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> yeah it's really fun honestly yeah. like it it really is it's, yeah I love I have three sisters and so I'm used to bigger families growing up, especially as a young kid, uh, we all kind of left home really, really young, but those early childhood memories are really important to me. And I love seeing them tearing through the house and, and playing games together and, you know, turning boxes into God knows what. And (laughs) yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the challenges that come with a blended family? Oh, you you seem to be from an outsider <laughs> looking in. You seem to handle it with so much grace. But as we just discussed, what you see on the outside is not necessarily what's going on on the inside. So yeah, yeah. I, there's so many challenges. Where do I even start? Um, I think I do want to say, like you know, from the outside looking in, because I I don't go out of my way to be like uh, only showing my best self mm. online and things like that. But I I think it is. Um, almost part of my gratitude practice that, you know, and I love when Facebook memories comes up. So if I'm going to post something, I want it typically to be something that I'm going to really look forward to seeing pop up in my memories one day. Yeah. I like the way. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I use the, the platform for personally, but yeah, blended family, they're they're super common. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I ha- my parents were divorced. They separated when I was seven months old. So I didn't really know what a a regular family looked like. Um, whereas my partner, his parents are still together. So we have two very different perspectives coming into this as well. Uh, but he's been awesome in, in leaning on, on me and understanding that I'm more familiar with, with this type of a setup and, and trust when I see something, uh, that we need to address to make Did you end up having a step parent? Several. Several. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had several step parents. So, yeah, my mom, my mom remarried several times. Okay. <laughs> and so there there were with one there were three other siblings with another there was one daughter and then with I'm trying to think there was another three three girls as yeah. well. So um I I was very used to that 
you know, yeah. full house in and out and what that was going to look like. Um, but I mean, as far as challenges go, it's, there's a lot of schedules, like first and foremost, the big one, <laughs> there's a lot of schedules. There yeah. are spreadsheets involved, Yeah, you know, so what do we do before Excel? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, summer in particular can get a little crazy because yeah. now you're trying Activities to fit in vacation and, and, yeah. and all this stuff. And so that keeps me really busy and I am, I am very type A, so it typically falls to me. So that is an added stress of, of working that all out yeah. and trying to get everyone's schedule, but be accommodating to the other partners that are also trying to make their schedule work. And on top of that, uh, <laughs> my partner's ex-wife is in a relationship with two kids. So now they're also trying to make their family yeah. dynamic work and how does that impact our family dynamic and it's just like this waterfall effect yeah. of scheduling uh but I mean I think we make it work and one of the things that works for us is we don't do a week on a week off yeah we do it every other day which sounds insane sorry every other day correct so we have all of the kids on Tuesday Thursday every other Friday Saturday Sunday and then the other halves will have them Monday, Wednesday, every other Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Whoa. And the reason that this <laughs> works so well is because okay. now, you know, brownies is your responsibility, dance is my responsibility. Because they always right. fall on the same day of the week, right? Right. Okay. So that level of consistency really helps. We still get the four days together. So, yeah. you know, it's not as dramatic as it sounds to hear yeah. every other day. Um, but it it's helpful in that things that fall in our day, it's much easier to predict yeah. where we're going to need help. If, yeah. if, you know, we have a conference that we have to go to and now we only need coverage for Tuesday instead of missing an entire week with our kids, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, so I'd say scheduling is definitely an art, a, an art. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely an art. And the kids like it too. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine going a week without my kids. Yeah. And it must be really challenging for do, some families. Do your bio kids go back to their dad on those mm -hmm. days as well? Okay. Yeah. So there's like, so Tuesday, Thursday, say. Yep. So if, today's Friday. It's our weekend. So yeah. they were here last night. So you have night. all four. Mm -hmm. We'll have all four. And then next weekend you'll have none? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and that helps free up so that, you know, people sometimes people do it where you only have them on the weekend and someone has them during the week but like that's really challenging yeah especially for I think it's on both sides that's a challenge because yeah. now weekends are full on or Monday to Friday is just about the routine yeah and, and you know you, know, you don't get to do any fun yeah. yeah so it's it's complicated and I think it's important to find what works for you yeah and this is what has worked for us yeah um, so what's interesting is cause I, at first I was like, holy moly, that sounds insane. <laughs> but then I started thinking from the child's perspective, then I'm not going a whole week without seeing a parent. Yes. Then I get to actually, while it's physically moving around, I get that one-on-one -on -one connection with each of my parents frequently. Yes. Which it would be nice. Mm -hmm. And it keeps the parents accountable for fun weekends and um, routine during the week. Yeah. And I think that that's really important to see that consistency on both sides. Yeah. Like they have expectations when they're here and they have them at their dad's. Yeah. And on the weekends, because we get a weekend off, you know, we'll do our bullshitty errands and like go to the <laughs> bottle depot or friggin', you know, clean Costco the basement. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when they're here, 
we're more accountable to, you know, we really missed you last weekend. Let's, That's let's nice. have a hot tub. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's go swimming. Let's go ice skating. Like whatever the case may be. Yeah. We, you know, they still have their chores on the weekend and stuff, yeah. but we, we make space for enjoying each other as well. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting actually. Yeah. I honestly, I, I was, I didn't know if it was going to work. This was actually, um, my partner set up with his ex-wife and I was, I was really struggling um, about whether or not, this is going to sound crazy, about whether or not I was actually going to go through with the separation because I wasn't sure if I could do a week on, a week off yeah. with my kids. I could understand that. <laughs> I 100% could see how people would yeah, worry. I was like, I'll just stay. I can't. I can't do it. Like, I yeah. cannot. And even so, you know, my partner was like, this works for us maybe it'll work for your family. We knew each other before, yeah. before, like as everything was kind of going down. And, and so he really helped me understand how it, you know, you don't have to just follow everybody else's rules and suffer, like find something that works for you. Yeah. So that was really great. And I remember on the first few weekends, even still, even though it was only three, four days, I would I go still away call. for a day. I'm missing them. Even though I'm like, freedom, I've got a weekend, but then yeah. like 24 hours and I'm like, what are you doing? What do Send I... me pictures. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> and I would call my ex-husband and be like, hey, what are you doing? Make sure you practice your letters with Brenna and do this and do that. And he's like, know, I'm fine. Thanks. He's like, you have got to stop calling me. Like, <laughs> we're going through a really, we were together for almost 10 years. So it was like, you need to give me some space right now. Like, this is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. And I need you to stop calling me. So, you know, I had to be respectful and rein it in. But it was really challenging to mm-hmm. have that time away. Uh, so this schedule works for us. I'd recommend people to try it. I was skeptical at first. Yeah. But it definitely uh, fits our family. How do sure. your kids, like, what are the challenges your kids talk about with you? Oh, so my kids were quite young. Yeah. Uh, Brina, she would have been one when, when it officially all started and she struggled quite a bit you could tell yeah uh my older daughter she her biggest challenge was so she would have been four and a half Mm -hmm. and she took it really well the initial conversation but the thing they don't really prepare you for is that you kind of have to keep having it yeah and keep going down that path and you don't know when it's going to come up again so there there were definitely some times where uh, it would catch me off guard yeah. and I wouldn't be fully prepared to handle that conversation. And, and she's eight and it still comes up sometimes. Yeah. Like she'll. Well, cause they see different things out at school, other mm-hmm. families, all that kind of stuff. Right. She, she suggested not too long ago. Well, wouldn't it be really cool if like daddy could come and live in the basement and then we could all just like <laughs> live in the same house. Wasn't and- there that TV show recently? The like, I don't know where they, they couldn't separate finance for financial reasons. And so, Oh goodness. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not uncommon. I had to stick around too. Like, you know, until Mm -hmm. I could figure out what I was going to do and find an apartment and all of those things. So, but yeah, it's so sweet and, and she is so sincere Mm -hmm. and, you know, every once in a while, something will still pop up Mm -hmm. all these years later where, honey like that's not that's not how it works um this is this is our life now and we're really lucky because we all still love each other and you know we still all show up to the same birthday party like we don't that's amazing we don't do separate things I just don't I grew up in a really toxic separation um 
I remember years that my dad wasn't even allowed to park in the driveway to pick us up. And, and my mom made it extremely difficult for and him to see me. And that has a huge impact on you. Oh, yeah. Right? And there was a lot of manipulation involved. There were times where I'd refuse to go because she had me believing yeah. whatever she wanted me to believe. And I just wouldn't go. And my, my poor father. I'm really close with my, my dad now. Mm-hmm. Um, he helped me a lot with that that depression component. And as I was learning about myself coming into my teen years and he really helped me through that and um but yeah that was really hard and that that changed me it really impacted who I am as a blended family participant yeah you know I I refuse to not put the kids first so yeah you know I plan the birthday parties all the parents come uh we enjoy each other's company we've had my partner's ex-wife's new boyfriend's kids sleep (laughs) over yeah you know like we just you make it work, yeah. you know, it's, it's about them. It's not yeah. about you anymore. So that that's easier for us. Yeah. It's less of a challenge because we all believe in that same thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's wonderful. Awesome. But yeah. And I'd say the other challenge that I personally struggle with, uh, I put a lot of pressure on the blended kids to mm-hmm. get along. And that's something that I've been learning a lot about. Yeah. Where, you know, my two daughters, I'm like, suck it up, figure it out. And then, whereas if there's any type of argument between two from each side, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh no, what's happening? And But they're still just kids. They're still kids, you know? And and that was really hard for me in the beginning. Yeah. And I've learned now to really um, calm down from that and stop putting so much pressure on it to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And, And it's helped a lot. Good. It's definitely helped a lot, but that yeah. is a challenge. And I'm sure other people feel that too, yeah. like that anxiety. Oh my gosh, it's not going to work if our kids don't get along. That's the catalyst, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> kids don't even get along with their best friends half the time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I know. So, yeah. But I can see yeah. where, yeah, no, I can see where that pressure would come from for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to move into the final five questions that I ask all of my guests. Yes. What are the things or the projects that get you fired up in a good way? <laughs> in a good way. Um... I'd say strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I love sitting down with the clients and like, tell me what you got. Who's your dream client? What do you want to do? What are your goals? Yeah. And getting those wheels turning. And and I just, I usually what happens is that before I even leave the room, I'm already calling Kate to be like, I just had the best meeting. It was so good. I'm so excited to work with them. And so that one really fires me up for sure. Um, And... I'd say anything where the team is full force collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. We just did a cool uh, package design and it was super fun to do. There were, there were awesome bumpers that like, um, had an extra layer of challenge to it that made it really interesting, but everyone came together. Everyone had great ideas. We laughed at each other's silly ideas and it was, it was just really fun and awesome. I love those moments. That's awesome. Yeah. What is the most inspiring book that you've read in the past few years? Oh, anything Brene Brown. <laughs> that woman. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She is. Did you watch her Netflix special? Like 50 Love times. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's so She's good. so much funnier than like, I mean, it comes across in writing, but you're like, well, you've had time to like edit and do all that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you're just funny. I She's like it. She's hysterical. I love her. Yeah. And I also read, I think it was last year, uh, Rage Becomes Her. Oh, Yeah. Mm, that is a really great okay. book. It's it's about uh, the how women oh, th- 
throughout history have been forced to, you know, swallow any undesirable feelings. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of really interesting statistical information in it as well. It still has a story component, but it it has a lot of really interesting information. Yeah. And the the great thing is, is that it kind of gets you rageful yeah and so as you're having to actually literally experiencing what they're talking about in the book and you're seeing spots but you're trying to swallow it down because this is not a ladylike feeling and so you're witnessing it as you're reading it and then you're you're even more mad about it yeah (laughs) but then they also kind of help you see what to do with it that's awesome mm -hmm, it's a really great read I'm gonna have to check that out because I know that I've had male individuals in my life who have not been um pleased with my political localness ah yes yeah and I'm like "Mm -mm, Mm -hmm. not gonna mm -mm. yeah you can just unfriend me it's a great (laughs) read I would make sure that you have the mental space for it yeah uh choose wisely (laughs) yeah yeah. pick that one not at triggering times (laughs) but it is it is a fantastic read yeah what is one of your biggest stressors and how do you handle said stress Honestly, like without sounding dramatic, my life, <laughs> it's really busy you yeah. know, with the business and with kids and, and being a partner. Yeah. It's, it's all a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I think typically what the, the stress is, if you're to label just one thing, it's trying to do it all, all the time. Yeah. And, and so that I think is, is my biggest stressor that yeah. keeping track of everyone's schedules and finishing my work and, yeah you know, I don't know, doing dishes, whatever. Yeah. Um, that would be my biggest stressor. Yeah. And so when I feel that sense of overwhelm, I'm one of the people like it's in the throat and in the chest. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that has really helped me that Kate taught me about is tapping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So that has really helped as well as just deep breathing, taking time to breathe is really important. Uh, I'm not great at reminding myself to take time for that but it is part of my my practice I'm working on it I do yoga in my front office I'll pull out my mat in the day and anytime I'm starting to like I'm sitting at the computer just absolutely to the teeth with it yeah I will do some stretching and I'm always listening to music music really helps me too nice yeah awesome what's the best life lesson that you've learned or advice that you've been given so the best life lesson I have learned is to enjoy it a little more, enjoying the ride. And that comes from my partner. Mm-hmm. And he has really made me see how much I was missing because I was too busy telling myself to suck it up, work harder, not good enough. And he has this beautiful way to still be incredibly hardworking but value his life enough that he doesn't miss out on things. And I think getting a front row seat to that with the kids and seeing him enjoying it while I'm over here stewing about the 4,000 things I need to do has been one of the biggest lessons and has changed my life. He's absolutely changed my life because now I I show up in ways that I didn't even know was possible. I was constantly that person you know, planning. I was always 17 chess moves ahead of mm-hmm. everybody else. And now I hardly think about the chessboard because I'm too busy enjoying everything we have yeah. together. And it goes by so fast. Oh my gosh, it's so fast. Like, my daughter's going to turn two next year. I'm like, whoa, what yeah. is that? My son's turning four in a month. Oh my goodness. I know. Ugh. 
(laughs) but even you like enjoy you you know yeah we enjoy our our time together whereas you know in in my previous life it was oh yay everything's done let's turn on the tv and and like not talk to one another yeah and now you know we we play we have a lifelong crib game going on i'm winning right now by the way by a lot so yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but like we play crib or we'll go in the yard and play bocce we'll have a bonfire you know we will talk well and it's it's nice to be reminded that that matters that i need to shut down the laptop and do that too. Yeah. 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 Final question Mm -hmm. is what does it mean to you to live your best life? So, you know, that suck it up and work harder thing. I don't think is going anywhere because when I think of my best life, it still includes working as hard as you can. You know, I I really do believe that you get what you put in. Yeah. Um, But I think it's that combination and but I think I've you get what you put it. into the rest of your life as well. Exactly. You know, I'm I'm starting to see that sucking it up and not caring, like not, you know, admitting when you're struggling and not um, asking for help or taking a day off because you actually need it. It, it doesn't do anyone any good. Mm-hmm. And so I think my best life looks like showing up and being really present. Yeah. And continuing to work my butt off and enjoying the whole ride, even the shitty parts, yeah. <laughs> you know? I love it. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you took a lot away from it. If you know anyone struggling with postpartum depression, postpartum mood disorder, maybe give them a, you know, send this podcast to them, send them, send them this episode so that they know what they're feeling isn't abnormal, that they're not alone, that they are part of a community of women who have gone through it as well. Brittany and I hear you. So again, if you make a donation to Families Matter, familiesmatter.ca by December 7th, and we will set up an hour of stress reduction coaching. So just get in touch with me, uh, tag me on Instagram at stresslessladies or email me victoria at stresslessladies.com, your proof of donation, and we will set that up. And finally, if you haven't nominated me yet for the Best of Calgary Awards, I would so, so, so appreciate it. Head to bestofcalgary.com under Cityscape and People, under Best Podcast, type in Girl Tries Life. And that just gives a big shout out, letting people know, and me as well, that you enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Have a fantastic week.